This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Welcome to another Mother Runner. This is Sarah in Portland. And this is Dimity in Denver. And um, Sarah, I heard you were so, I could hear the celebration with Miller the cat this morning, you were dancing with him because why? I could hear it all the way across the country here in Denver. Yes, yes, because uh, today it's we're recording this on September 30th and this morning I got an email that let me know that I got into the Boston Marathon. So, oh. so yeah, I have to say that um, you know, my rallying cry throughout my recovery from my ankle fracture was hashtag Boston 2016. And uh, it seemed very unreal when finally I was like, oh, uh-huh, okay, wow. <laughs> I guess I better well, look into flights. But you did the work before the ankle. So, I mean, is that, but you just wanted to, like, get back to be there? or? Oh, yes. Oh, oh I mean, within the first 90 seconds of fracturing my ankle, I thought, but I'm running Boston next year. And um, so to have qualified and then the thought of being sidelined from it was just really too overwhelming for me to to accept really and so so it was truly I mean when I went in you know and every time I talked to my surgeon I was like yeah and I'm running Boston next year and so I'm actually I'm very excited I'm seeing my surgeon tomorrow for the first time in I don't know maybe two months or something and so so I'm like oh sweet I learned in time that I can tell him and um so you know I feel uh I feel certainly he is um, partly to thank for for where I am today, and and so I just kind of want to share that joy with him because you know I mean he sees people who don't recover as well, and so um, sure you know, yeah oh, that's yeah. awesome that's yeah. great that's yeah. great and yeah. so and what's your I mean and you're running now I mean you're running pretty much normally now right I am I I'm on you know keeping my mileage in a conservative for me um, range I am running um, I pretty much cap out at about six or 6.2 because my goal is um, to finish the uh, Chicago Marathon with my Saucony 26 strong cadet I have a bib so I am not a band I- not a bandit um, so uh, my plan is to join her at mile 20 and jump in and uh, run the final 10k with her and so th- that has been my training goal and then because you know there's things could still go wrong with my ankle I'm not out of the I'm not you know, I'm not out of the woods yet, Taylor Swift. Are you out of the woods? And are you out of the woods yet? Good. Yeah. Are you in the clear yet? Are you in the clear? Yeah. So, so I'm. I am not. You know, I mean, things could still go wrong, and so I'm not gonna fudge it up now because there's nothing that I really need to. You know, I, I need to be in go mode in. You know, right at, right after Christmas with the training for Boston, and so I want to be really setting myself up to be as strong and um, uh, capable and prepared as possible at that point so awesome yeah so so and but dim i'm very excited to hear about your half marathon we have specifically not talked about it so it would be fresh on the podcast (laughs) um yeah oh and we should say before we i launch into a small race report um there is some swearing further on in this podcast just two words but just fyi so if you have small ears you might want to throw on some headphones and and go for a run Mm -hmm. um but uh, but it, so it was good. I mean, I so I did the Bear Chase half marathon, 
uh, which is out in Bear Creek Park here. It's a small race. It's, it's mostly trail. Um, and it was part of the Find Your Strong challenge um, that I did. I, did I, I mostly followed the Run, Walk, Find Your Strong challenge for the half marathon. And I definitely feel like I was set up to run, walk a half marathon. Um, unfortunately, <laughs> I tried to run most of it. And that was humbling. Um, I mean, it's a hard race. And I forgot that it's a hard race. Um, now I, I've done it twice. And um, first time I did it was before Ironman. It was in um, 2012. So I did it three years ago. And I remember coming in and my finishing time was 2.10. And I was like, oh, my gosh. Like, because that, for me, was a slow half marathon. I was like, oh, whatever, you know, and, um, and but I'd kind of forgotten that that, in fact, is a slow half marathon because it's on trail and because it has about, I think Strava said I had about 800 feet of climbing. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. So, um, so I finished in 220. Um, and that was a victory for me that day for a lot of reasons. Um, I ran the longest I have in, you know, over a year, um, mm-hmm. which is, and Grant saw my Instagram post that said that and he's like, I, I hadn't even realized that. And I was like, yeah, it's been a year since yeah, I've it's run. it's been since your trip to San Diego. San Diego, which, I mean, granted, it was in early October, so it was, you know, maybe 357 days instead <laughs> right, of 365. But, yeah, but, well, we'll give it to you. Yeah. Well, I'll round up. I'll round up. Um, and uh, and so so that was a victory. Um, the fact you know, that I um, I'd, I'd only, my longest run was was 11 miles, and, my, and I did two 10-milers, and they were both on this pretty epic trail that had a lot more climbing. So it was a lot more running and walking and a lot of walking and hiking. So I hadn't really run 10 miles twice. (laughs) So you realize, you know, more than anything, it was um, humbling in that I realized that, um, you know, I couldn't just show up and get it done. Mm -hmm. And I used to kind of be able to do that just because of my fitness. Um, And, you know, not that I'm unfit now, but I'm just not you know, half marathon ready right now. Yeah. I was, um, th- yeah, I was thinking that cause you and I used to both feel that that's the way we were. We are, yeah. We're half marathon ready. Cause I mean, sometimes with our job, it almost is yeah. like, Hey, g- come run this race for with us or whatever. And it's like, Oh sure. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Got it. Got it. And, um, yeah, I mean, cause you had, you know, I mean, you had been training with, I mean, but I before mean, you broke your ankle, you were doing, you know, 10 mile runs every weekend. Like that, that hasn't been me for as long as I, can remember right now, you know, I mean, you always kind of are half marathon ready more or less. Right. Yeah. I mean, for me to get to double digits was big. So, oh, okay. Yeah. I guess what, yeah. Now that you mentioned that, yeah. I mean, I remember people would always say, well, what do you do after a half marathon? You know? And I'm like, oh, well, I always go out for, you know, 10 to 14 mile runs on the weekends. You're like, oh no, 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 not me, not me. Oh, no, that's, that's, that's race prep for me. But, but overall, I mean, you know, so, so what I took away from that, I mean, it was not an easy race. I was probably not in the best mood. I didn't really talk to anybody because I mean, it started out, we had to do like 0.6 a loop. And then you went out and did a big fat, you know, 12.5 mile loop. Mm-hmm. And the 0.6 started out with a hill up. Mm. And so like, you know, you start, I'm like, I'm not going to start too fast. I'm not going to start too fast. But of course I hadn't warmed up. And like, you just start up a hill at moderate, pretty moderate racy pace. And like, you know how you're, do you ever have like your shoulders kind of go flush and your arms tingle and you're just like, mm-hmm. oh, this is going to yes. be hard. Yes. Yeah. Yes, I yeah. do. <laughs> so that was, that's how my race started. And then I just, I don't know, like I just kept saying, okay, Dimity, like find a four, like find a level four of effort, you know, like you're not out to set a PR, you know, I didn't remember what my previous finishing time was until I looked it up and I just couldn't, I think a four would have been, you know, strolling. Like I just couldn't, it just didn't have it in me that day. So I 
you know, set small little goals. Like there were these two women that were running in front of me, you know, you're all in single file line and these two women. And I was like, okay, they are running a very doable pace for me right now. You know, people were passing them and I was like, I could pass them, but I'm not going to get very far ahead of them. So I'm like, okay, I'm just going to hang with them. And mm-hmm. I looked at my watch and it was like 8.05 and I'm like, I'm going to hang with them until 8.40, you know, just for okay. 35 minutes. I'm just going to sit here behind them and, you know, and be their caboose. And I did. And so like things like that, where I was just like, okay, I've got to get out some tactics to figure this out. Um, or, you know, um, and I, I walked to- a lot of the little hills and took a gel then, um, stuff like that. And I have to say, so you had your soleus on watch on just as well, a regular one. Um, that's an interesting little point. I didn't charge it before. So, oh. um, so it caught, uh, it, it, the battery ran out at four, which I should have known because I'd been using it for like two weeks, oh. but I just, um, we'd gone last minute go-karting and out to dinner with another family the night before. So like, I was like planning on spending Saturday night, you know, kind of getting my stuff together and mm-hmm. instead I got home later than I expected. And I was just like, ah, oh, it's fine. I don't really care about this race. So, um, so I put my soleus on time. Yep. Um, mm-hmm. which was fine. I had the Strava and I mean, I got to go through the water crossings, which is so fun. I mean, I just, I love stuff like that. I mean, if I could have just like crossed the water like 17 times, <laughs> I'll just go back and forth. Back and forth. Um, You'll so carry there, people on your back maybe. Yeah, exactly. There were three of those. Um, and it was, but other than that, it was dusty because it, uh, it hasn't rained here in forever. It just rained last night for the first time in, I mean, maybe a month, uh-huh. long, long time. Uh-huh. And, um, and so like the dust that people, everyone was kicking up because uh-huh. again, you're in the single file line and it's, you know, a lot of it was unshaded. So uh-huh. you just have the sun and a dusty trail. And, um, so I was like, I kept thinking, like, I just want a surgical mask. <laughs> I want a surgical mask. <laughs> oh, um, but yeah, whatever. Like I mean, post. I'm going on. But, it, you know, at the end of the day, of course, it's always good to cross the finish line. Mm-hmm. I felt really good that I showed up, that I did it. I mean, I went by myself. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was, uh, you know, that's not always the best mm-hmm. way to race. But sometimes you just, you know, sometimes you just got to go do what you need to do just to prove yourself and be like, okay, well, I did a half marathon. I've got that. And now, now let's see what I want to do next. Right, right. And I have to say, it's so classic, Dimity, that you didn't look up your time from before, like you didn't kind of review. No, I I didn't even remember the course. I just remember, I remember like the last, you know what I remember from that actually is, um, so the course changed because we had those floods. um, I think they were last year, 2014. So they had to move the starting line to a a different uh, part of of the park. Um, So the starting and finish line was not where it used to be, but you used to come down this huge hill. I remember coming down this last hill towards the finish line Mm -hmm. and I was feeling good and I was kind of flying. And, um, and I remember passing a woman, she goes, Oh, are you Dimity? And I was like, yeah. And, uh, and she's like, I have a TMI for you. So I like totally like put on my brakes and I'm like, okay, I want to hear it. Um, and I can't, I think it was about either diarrhea or hemorrhoids or something like that. Something butt related. Uh-huh. <laughs> I remember um, that very clearly. And so I, I kept, I knew that I wouldn't have that last finish line moment because of the, I knew that it wouldn't be probably a downhill coming in again, but that's the only thing I remember from that race. So, oh my gosh. Oh yeah. my gosh. <laughs> yeah. Oh, and the other thing that it was funny and I was, maybe people appreciate that. Hopefully they don't think I'm a judgmental bitch. All right. That's three swear words now, but, um, there was one guy again, like it's single file and, 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 you know, you're mostly on trails. It's not like it's Pike's peak where you've got like an edge on one side of you where you're like, uh-huh. don't pass me because really you're going to send me down toppling down a mountain. Right? right. It's just more annoying. Cause you have to go into the, the weeds or the, you know, the offshoot of the trail. Sure. Uh-huh. Um, 
And of course, and people can pass me when it's, when it makes sense, but there was this one guy again, like it's always at the beginning, like it's like mile two. And I'm like, really, you got to run that fast right now. And, <laughs> and there was like a line of like 10 of us, like 10, like oh my he was gosh. not going to get through all of us, you know? Oh. Um, and so he comes up by me, he almost makes me trip and he <gasps> cuts in front of me. And, um, and he's wearing these black shorts and I don't know if he had underwear on or a jock strap, but I was like, I could definitely see some, well, panty lines or something on him. I don't know. And, um, and so I was like, oh my God, like all of a sudden I was like, Mr. Underwear man, I know I'm going to see you again and I'm going to pass you at the end. And I'm going to give you a wedgie. Yeah, exactly. And then I'm going to pick you up by your strap. And And she'll do it. She'll do it. Don't. I'll I'll take you across the water crossing. Um, And so I was like, and then I kind of forgot about him. And then. I, and then I was towards the, like mile. I don't know where I was because I didn't exactly have my, you know, soleus going. So I was like, come on, this has got to be somewhere like mile 12. I pulled out my soleus actually, or my Strava because I was like, this has got to end sometimes. <laughs> and I was like at 12.4 and I'm like, are you kidding me? I still have like 0.7 to go. Anyway, all of a sudden I see underman, underwear man in front of me and walking like not a purposeful walk, but a defeated walk. And like that lit a fire, like nothing else ever has. Um, and so I passed him. So at the end of the day, I beat the annoying underwear man. So that's the victory that I needed. Ain't no Captain Underpants. That was just Mr. Underwear Man. He was not a captain. He was annoying, selfish jerk. So, um, oh my so I was happy to have... Uh, have beaten him. Yeah, he was your roadkill. I love it. <laughs> oh goodness. Well, today um, we have we are being joined by Kimberly Markey, and she is a mother of two who pr- proclaims on Twitter that she runs to eat and drink, but but we know differently, and you'll you'll definitely hear why. Kimberly and her family of four live in Kensington, Connecticut. She has run two world marathon majors and the Run Disney Dopey Challenge during chemotherapy trace treatments for breast cancer and we are having Kimberly on uh, because October is National Breast Cancer Awareness Month so we wanted to shine the spotlight on that very important topic to the mother runner community and uh, Kimberly blogs at it's a long URL it is www.makermothermarathonrunner.com and we'll have a link to that in the description of this podcast and but before we bring on Kimberly we're going to take a quick break for a chat with a partner. Kimberly, thank you so much for joining us. Oh, thank you for having me. I'm looking forward to speaking with you and your listeners. Great. So remind us how old your kids are. Uh, my kids are 12. Catherine is 12. And my son Ryan is 9. Mm-hmm. Nice. So right right in the same age group as me and Dimity. Yes, yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We can have a big party with all our kids. <laughs> I wish, huh? <laughs> or go running. Leave them there and go running. Right. There you go. I like yeah, I, I think. Expecting me to go running with my children. I'm not sure how that's going to work <laughs> out. But. Um, so, so just so we have our facts straight, you started running in 2008. Is that right? Yeah. I decided to start running in 2008. Um, I decided that I was just going to go straight for the big race. I was going to run a marathon. (laughs) (laughs) Just as we always advise people to do around here. Right. You got to go for 26.2 first or it doesn't count. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Joking. Uh, Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Go big or go home. That's what I always say. Right. So what was your first, what was your first marathon? 
My first marathon was um, the 2009 Walt Disney World Full Marathon. And um, I just decided uh, in July 2008 that I was going to run a marathon. And I couldn't even run a mile. I mean, not even joking, couldn't even run a mile. I was like huffing and puffing, side stitch, calf, um, calf, uh, I don't remember what they're called, but the cramps in your calves. I was just a mess. Oh my goodness. And wow. then, and then, but I mean, what, so what called out to you about, it? I, I mean, you are, I know a longtime Disney fan. So is that part yep. of the attraction? Well, you know, I was sitting in, um, I was eating an ice cream comb in Central Park and I was, uh, sitting on a bench with my, um, one of my best friends and he and I had, you know, we were like, what's this going on? You know, what, what, what are all these runners? What, are, what's going on? And we figured out it was the New York city marathon and I had just had child number one and I was like, oh my God, we should do this next November. Let's do it. And we both like, you know, shook hands on it and we're like, we're there, we're going to do it. And then, thank God, we never spoke of it ever again. <laughs> Wait, you really, you you were really sitting in there. You were really in the middle of Central Park during the marathon, and you didn't know what was going on, or was it a training run? No, it was it was the actual New York City Marathon, and uh, we were just walking around. This is you know before um, the whole, Bo- I mean, long before the Boston bombing and everything in sure. the security measures now. And uh, yeah, we were just like, I wonder what's going on. What what are all these people doing? <laughs> wow, that's a so lot of people. Naive. Like I know. I, I know, know you're so like. Naive. You're like, wow, New York's so crowded. It's just always so crowded. He's <laughs> <laughs> so dumb. And um, so, you know, we never spoke of it again, thank God. I was like, I hope he doesn't remember what we were talking about. <laughs> and um, so, you know, years passed. I had my second child. And, and then I was a small business owner. And um, I had just opened up my third retail location. And I had four business partners. And, and I was stressed out. I had two kids under the age of five, and I was like, you know what? I'm going to take some time for me. I'm going to get in really good shape, and you know what? I'm going to hire a trainer, and I'm going to run a marathon. <laughs> and, of course, the trainer was like, uh, yeah, okay. <laughs> right, I'll, right. I'll take your money. That's fine by me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. And and so that, you know, I just decided that I would train, um, work my way up from um, a 5K to a 10K to the half marathon to the Disney World Marathon. And I and I ran the Disney World Marathon. I finished it, um, had to walk in like the last six miles, finished it in six hours and two minutes and decided I am never, ever, ever doing that ever again. <laughs> heard that before you just finished your 60th run disney race last month is that right 6060 six yep my 60th run disney race um i've run 20 full marathons and i think like 46 47 halves oh my gosh wow Wow. and 20 full marathons not just disney ones ones no that's all that's all 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 yeah okay 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 And um, so early on in your marathon career, you employed the Galloway run-walk method. Do you still do that? Yeah. So um, I decided to use the Galloway method um, during my first goofy uh, challenge, which was, of course, in 2010, when I said I would never run the 2009 Walt Disney World Marathon, I forgot about that. And I signed up for the fifth year of goofy. And I said, well, there has to be a better way. There just has to be, and, and so tell people I, tell people what goofy entails so that they can know how incredibly goofy you indeed are. 
Right. So the Goofy is uh, the uh, Goofy Challenge is in Walt Disney World every January. On Saturday, you run the Walt Disney World half marathon. Mm-hmm. And then on Sunday, you get up again and you run the full marathon right. and you're called the Goofy. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I thought, oh, my God, there has to be a better way. You know, what is this run, walk, run method I've been hearing about? And I discovered Jeff Galloway. So the second marathon I did was the 2010 Goofy Challenge. I went from a six-hour um, full marathon, and I, I believe I came in at like 540 wow. for second marathon using run, walk, run, and having done the half marathon the day before. Right, so you could you shaved 22 minutes off, but and you were far more tired at the starting line than you had been the year before. Exactly. So I'm like, oh my goodness, this is the way to go. This is how I'm going to run from now on. And um, I've been doing the Galloway training, uh, Galloway method ever since. And um, Jeff has Jeff Galloway. I do e coaching with him, and we he's been coaching me since um, uh, the fall of 2013. Nice. Wow. Can we ask what your marathon time is at these days? Uh, not very good. Um, uh-huh. That's okay. Last... Then you don't have to share it if you don't want to. No, no, it's no, 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 no. It's uh, four fifty. Well, that's, that's that's awesome. pretty good. <laughs> yeah. You know, I mean. Yeah. So Jeff is right now. We're working. Uh, he wants me to do less racing and more running and more training, and because um, I have a problem with that. Mm-hmm. And uh, that's hard for you to do, isn't it, Kimberly? It, it is. I'm finally coming to the realization that I need to stop racing and actually do my training. And uh, next year, I have nothing on the books. It's going to be all, well, except for the Disney races, but we don't count those. Um, (laughs) I have nothing on the books except for these 10 races. (laughs) Yep, that's it. And um, just concentrate on qualifying for Boston. Wow. Because I'll move move up in age. So So what would would your time be for that? Well, right now, it's a 345. So I believe I I have to look, but I believe I, I gain like 10 or 15 minutes. So I have to look. I haven't really committed to it. Can you tell? But but I got to say, I love your optimism, though. I mean, because you're talking about having to cut, you know, an hour and five minutes. So you're having, you know, cut off more than an hour of time. And yeah, uh, and you sound you sound very upbeat and optimistic about it. Yeah, totally. You totally do that. Yeah. Totally happen. Right. <laughs> Jeff says I can do it. Well, so awesome. therefore, it can be done. Yes. Therefore, it can be done. Well, and part of your optimism, I have to believe, comes from the journey that you've had with breast cancer and how strong it's made you both inside and out. So can you talk a little bit about that? When were you diagnosed, first of all? Sure, sure. I was, um, well, I was diagnosed with the, um, I have the breast cancer gene. So I have, uh, there's two breast cancer genes. There's BRCA2 and BRCA1. And I got tested for the gene um, when my mother had died of ovarian cancer um, at age 54. She was diagnosed with ovarian cancer at age 42. She was uh, stage three ovarian cancer. And um, my, both my maternal and paternal grandmothers had both breast cancer and ovarian cancer. So I decided I would get tested for the gene. And I have BRCA2 gene, which means that I had a 84% of develop, 84% um, chance of developing breast cancer and 27% chance of developing ovarian cancer. So um, I was diagnosed with breast cancer July 8th. 2013. And, um, you know, that was a big bummer. 
really big. Yeah, that, <laughs> not, that's, not that's putting it mildly. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Very big bummer. I, I mean, I kind of, I kind of knew that I was going to get cancer because of my history, but still, when you're told that you're, you have cancer, it's a whole different ball game. How, how long, if I can interrupt for a sec, how long was it after you had the gene testing that you were then diagnosed? Like, was there um, years? Oh, years. Okay. And and at the time you decided like, okay, I'm, I'm just gonna, um, you know, kind of throw the dice and see, you know, and wait to see or. Right. Right. So I got tested when I was around 30 mm. and, um, because of my chances for developing breast cancer, the, um, the doctor wanted to have a prophylactic bilateral mastectomy, mm-hmm. which I was like, you have to be out of your mind. Um, and and I kept on saying no. Every year I would go in and every year he'd, he'd give me my options. And I was like, no, I, I want to have my children. I want to, you know, breastfeed. I want to, you know, there's no reason to cut me open and do that mm-hmm. if I don't have, I can't, I don't have cancer. I just couldn't wrap my, my mind around it. And, um, in March of 2013, the story broke that Angelina Jolie had had a prophylactic bilateral mastectomy. Mm-hmm. And that was just really powerful for her to come out as a celebrity and, and, and bring that to light. Mm-hmm. Um, so. Yeah. And so, yeah. and so you were diagnosed, um, uh, in the fall of that year then? Uh, in, uh, July. Okay. The summer. Okay. Yep. And, July and 8th. okay. And so then, um, you know, wh- wh- how did your treatment progress and, and that sort of thing? Take us through that, please. Sure. Sure. So, um, so you're diagnosed with it and, um, then you have to schedule surgery. And I was so, well, first you have to decide what you're going to do. I mean, you could have the lump removed, you can have just one breast off, or you could have both off, etc. And because I was um, positive for the breast cancer gene, I decided I was going to have a bilateral mastectomy because the chances of um, the cancer spreading to the other breast is very high. Mm-hmm. And this cancer had come out of nowhere. I mean, because I had had the gene, and it's very important if you do have a history of family cancer to get tested because it allows you to be tested earlier um, for, um, um, you know, for cancer. It it allows for enhanced screening Mm -hmm. by your insurance companies. So I had been going through 10 years of bilateral MRIs, mammograms, ultrasounds, et cetera. So... um, I already had my doctor in place. I had a surgical oncologist. And, um, you know, you not only have to book the surgical oncologist, but you have to book the um, plastic surgeon and the operating room. And I had signed up for the Disneyland Dumbo Double Dare back in January of that year. And I actually had all my races scheduled. It was my fourth year of being, um, you know, or my third year of being rejected from the New York city marathon. So I was going to be running that in November. Um, and I had gotten into, um, I had got uh, received a uh, charity entry into Chicago full marathon as well. And I had the tower of terror booked. I had, you know, the Dumbo double dare. I had the wine and dine. I mean, I was all set for 2013 race season. So 
I also had to fit this this double mastectomy into my into my schedule, and I was like, "Well, you know, we have to get that done. How long is it going to take for me to recover from this? Because I have a, you know, I do have the month of August free." <laughs> you you do realize that that we we're we're certainly not laughing at you. You have to chuckle a little bit about this oh, yourself. Yeah, right? I was you know insane and the insane person. They're like looking at me like, okay do we sedate you now? Or... <laughs> so, so, um, my nurse who had known me for the last 10 years, you know, they knew they were dealing with a crazy person. So she's like, okay, you know what? You have to see this plastic surgeon. He is the best. This is who you're going to see. Um, I think that we can, you know, we can reschedule your, um, surgery. And, um, I said, well, how many days do I have to recover? You have 30 days. Oh, perfect. Perfect. We'll be able to do Disneyland half marathon weekend. They're just like, "Uh uh-huh. Sure. Whatever. (laughs) Um, so I was scheduled for my surgery on July 30th. Wow. Of 2013. You are a woman of action, Kimberly. I love yeah. it. I love it. You're you like, okay, what? I'm going to make this work. I'm going to make it work. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Obviously crazy. Wow. Yeah. So, no, <laughs> crazy. No, determined. No, and just do, determined. you know that the running brings you to a place that obviously breast cancer doesn't. So let's just push breast cancer out of the way, right? As much as right. you can. Absolutely. So, you know, I had my surgery. And um, I it, it basically, I was out for 30 days. And uh, my mother-in-law got me, she came and lived with us and she basically drove me because when you have a bilateral mastectomy, they don't tell you that you're not going to be able to move your arms. Wow. Um, They don't tell you um, that you're not going to be able to move because you use your arms a lot to move your body in and out of bed. Mm -hmm. Um, You're not going to be able to get dressed. Um, you are on so many painkillers and so many, um, antibiotics and, and just, you're just a mess. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So, but you ended up towing the start line to that, those Disneyland races or no? I did. I did 30 days post-op. I took my family and it was really important because it was my entire family. It was my husband, my daughter and my son, and we were going to Disneyland to run the Dumbo Double Dare and we were going to... (laughs) run the 5k together as a family. And this was the first 5k that we had all done together. Oh, wow. Wow. Right. That... And remind us what the double Dumbo double dare is that is that the t- a 10k and then the half marathon the next day? Well, yes, it is. And that year was the first year they were doing Dumbo. So okay. I was so excited about that. And this was and they haven't done this since. The 5k was run at 5:30 in the morning. And then the 10K was run at 6.30 in the morning. Oh, my gosh. Oh. So not only did I have to get my whole family, not not to mention myself, who had just finished, you know. <laughs> I was about to say your family. Like, they're, you're, you're, you can't even, like, carry a backpack, can you? Oh, you I, couldn't even, I couldn't even carry my carry-ons onto yeah. the plane. Yeah. I, I couldn't even lift my purse. Nothing more than five pounds. Oh, my gosh. Wow. Wow. Yeah. And so, so you did it, you, your, you and your family ran the 5k and then you ran the 10k an hour later. Right. The starting line was going off for the 10k when I was on mile, like two and a half of the 5k. So I had to say, I had to, we had to get our medals and then I kissed them goodbye. And then I ran to the start of the 10k, which was already in process of starting. Oh my gosh. Were you yeah. able to, like, and so running, obviously, you use your arms a lot. I mean, were you able to run or were you kind of, like, holding with your stuff? Like, how did you run? Do you remember? You know what? I have no idea how I ran. Uh-huh. I, I ran, but I did run, walk, run. And um, 
you know, I think that half marathon took me a little over three hours mm, because okay. I had to walk a lot. Sure, but it, sure. you know, it was, I stopped at every character stop. I had a really good time. Um, I, I have no idea. Obviously those, those strong painkillers really did the trick. Yeah, I know. But I think, I think that, it, I mean, for how much you stopped and that you had to wait in line, I mean, I think you more than rocked that half marathon. That's yeah. Yeah, yeah. I sure did. I was really proud. I was really proud. Yeah. Yeah. And so then, um, so, um, Hark, going back to the, your health history, since then you have, um, had more surgery, right? Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. So, um, right after the Disneyland half marathon, the month later, I started chemotherapy mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and then, um, then after you're done with chemotherapy, you're able to have um, your reconstruction for your breasts. And because I was BRCA2 positive, I decided to also have a, um, because, you know, obviously one surgery is not enough for me. I have to have two surgeries, you know. <laughs> have, them, have them back to back, maybe like run from one to the other or something like that. <laughs> a punch card, buy, buy five surgeries, get the sixth free. Right. <laughs> Absolutely. So I also had a hysterectomy as well. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So. And then with um, breast cancer, you know, you, you have your reconstruction and then you can choose to have, you know, nipple surgery and um, things like that as uh-huh. well. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. All that so as a runner, I have to ask you, so where, so what, what did you settle on for the size of a chest? Just because, you know, I know a lot of larger chested women that I've talked to said they wanted, you know, they, they would gladly take smaller chests for running, but then, you know, someone who is like an A cup is always, or B cup is always wondering like, oh, what it would feel like if I actually had, you know, a re- not a real chest, but a bigger chest, right? Oh, absolutely. So, but, you know, I'm not, I'm really practical because I had spent, you know, a lot of money on my bras. I just wanted to be able to wear the same bras. Nice. Oh, yeah, I like that. <laughs> very very pragmatic. That. Very nice. Very nice. I, I know. My doctor's like, what? You can have any size you want. I'm like, why can't I have the size that I already had? Look at all these bras. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my goodness. Your your attitude is really wonderful, Kimberly. Um, so, so you are rightly proud of having beaten Pamela Anderson's 2013 New York City Marathon finish time by 10 minutes. And you did it that you achieved that goal two days after you had a chemotherapy session. So tell us what that race was like. And I also want to back up and say that you made a comment. If you're rejected from the, if you don't get into New York City after three tries, they automatically then let you in. Right. If you reapply. So that's why you knew it was a shoe in that you would get in. Right, right. Yeah, I was really looking forward to that because I had been rejected and rejected and rejected. And and this was my year. 2013 was my year. And and we were kind of uncertain because in 2012, they had um, canceled the New York City Marathon due to Hurricane Sandy. Mm -hmm. So um, it was my year to finally run this race. And I had been looking so forward to it. And, um, you know, there's nothing like running New York City. Um, it was, first of all, I had chemo on Friday Mm -hmm. and I had, uh, this would have been my third chemotherapy treatment. And when I had my chemo, I had seven bags of IV going into me. And every time I had chemo, it would take the entire day. Um, I, my cancer is, I'm diagnosed with a tumor stage of, um, uh, breast cancer as one a, but my tumor grade was a three out of three. And I was her two positive, which means that, um, 
I would not only be on carboplatin and taxotere, but I'd also have Herceptin. So six chemotherapies, but 18 treatments altogether. Wow. So this wow. was, yeah. It's, so what, it's, what did you feel like when you left that day of chemotherapy? And what, I mean, what was the ramifications? Like, well, how would you feel on a Saturday after having it on Friday? Well, so the first round of chemo, I felt, you know, you have to figure out how your body's going to deal with this. And um, the first day was fine. No, no side effects whatsoever. The second day and the third day, I would be um, basically high off steroids Mm. and nauseous. Um, And I went in for my second round of chemo and told the doctor what I had to do because I had not only um, New York coming up, but I also had Chicago. So I had to take sleeping pills and anti-nausea pills. Plus, um, you know, it makes you severely constipated. And then it gives you the joy of diarrhea by day four or five. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Good times. And and everything tastes like metal. Mm. Oh, yeah. Nothing tastes good. Nothing smells good. You know, it's basically just vile. Mm. Well, and so can we just back up for a second? And I hope this isn't a a naive question, but I've never had somebody in my immediate circle have breast cancer. I've had, you know, ants and and that kind of thing, but never close enough to ask these questions. And I feel like I'm close enough to you. So when you, um, when you, like in my mind, you have a mastectomy and so the cancer's gone. Like, why do you have to have chemotherapy? Is it because it's still floating through your blood or what? Yeah, you have to make sure that none of the um, cancer cells have gone anywhere else in your body. And what okay. they do is they they take out your lymph nodes and they and they check for your lymph nodes because if it spreads to your lymph node, then you're given a different um, stage of cancer. And because I had um, my uh, nuclear grade for the tumor was three out of three, which means that it was very aggressive um, breast cancer. Okay, so there was and, a high probability that it could have been in other places in your body. Exactly. And okay. so that's why they give you chemotherapy. And um, Herceptin is because my type of um, breast cancer was pos- HER2 positive, which means that people who had this type of breast cancer, if they weren't treated with this Herceptin drug, they would be dead in five years. Wow. Wow. And and to take a little bit of a tangent, um, and let me know if you don't want to answer this question, but looking back now, do you wish you had done something um, pro- you know, prophylactically take an action after you got the, the gene test results? You know, um, that's a really difficult question. One of my best friends is BRCA1 positive, and she just had a prophylactic um, mastectomy last month or the month before. I still can't wrap my head around that. And, and you know, it's just a very difficult thing to go through. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's such a mourning of your breasts, yourself. Um, you know, it's, it's, I don't, I still don't think I could be, I don't think I could, I don't think I'm brave enough to do that. Mm-hmm. I really don't. Mm-hmm. Wow. Um, so then that, how has your treatment affected your running? I mean, it sounds, you know, it sounds like it didn't slow you down in New York city. I mean, um, did it ever kind of set you off your off your stride? Well, yeah, you know, um, chemo basically is cumulative in your body. It basically gets worse and worse every time you, you, um, you have it, it builds up. Mm. 
And by my last chemo, I had my last chemo on January 2nd of 2014. I did the dopey challenge the following week, Mm. but I had absolutely zero energy. I couldn't even run. I couldn't even run for like 10 seconds. I had to walk. Mm. So, I mean, it, it was hard. It was difficult during my last final, my fast, last final chemo and that last cycle of treatment. And then, um, then I got stronger. Mm-hmm. Well, and so how do you feel during that race? Because obviously you've got, you know, you're like, okay, I am coming back. I am, you know, this is my lowest point. I just finished chemotherapy, you know, I, um, but yet you're in the middle of this race. You're surrounded by, you know, presumably mostly healthy people who are flying by you. Like mm-hmm. that's a tough position to be in because you've got this like, you know, like little badge of pride that you've got inside of you, but you almost want to wear a sign that says like, you know, dude, I had chemo yesterday, you know, because sometimes right. you get in a race and people can be judgmental, you know, even though Disney's the happiest place on earth, like they want to beat you, right? Because it's a race. Right, right. Well, you know, the big bald head didn't, didn't really, you know, I oh, think well, the big bald head. <laughs> no, that's okay. You're, you're perfect. That. So you're perfectly round. That is your sign, right? You're that's perfectly your round, sign. bald head. Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah. My perfectly big, round, bald head really, you know, really stood out. So I was okay with, with dopey. I think New York, um, you know, New York is where I was wearing a hat and everything. And it, it was just, you know, New York really, um, the chemotherapy or the steroids or the painkillers, I don't know. It got me through that race and mm-hmm. I was just gliding, gliding. Um, so I really, I don't even know how I got through that race, but it was just, it was one of those days where everything was just aligned. You know, that perfect race mm-hmm. where, you know, I feel great. Oh, we're on mile 22. How fabulous. This is wonderful. <laughs> you know, I just glided. It sounds like a painkiller's talking, Kimberly. I got to be honest with you. <laughs> it was. It was. But when I got to Dopey, I just wanted to die. I mean, I didn't think I was going to finish. I was walking from uh, mile four on, and it was a hard walk. It was a death march. Mm. Mm-hmm. And um, people were coming up to me because you couldn't miss me with that big bald head. Um, and uh, they were they were saying how much I was inspiring them. And and I met a whole bunch of other survivors on the journey. Um, and, you know, that just carried me through that carried me through. And I was surrounded not only by um, one of my best friends, Allison and Pam, but also with perfectly goofy Gail. That was our first race together. And and they kept my spirits up. I mean, I had a breakdown on mile 20 when we came into the water stop with uh, Gail's mom asking what took us so long. Oh gosh. Oh gosh. <laughs> and I saw the sweepers and I really thought that I was going to be swept and I wasn't going to make it. I was going to crawl across that finish line if it, if it, if it killed me. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And you were not the last person to cross the finish line, right? No, there was a hundred people behind me. Right on. But, <laughs> so it finished, I, we walked that marathon in seven hours and 28 minutes. Wow. And who's we? Did you go with your husband? Did you go with your friend Gail? Who were you with? So Gail was with me. That was our first race ever. Then Allison and Pam Potter Frost. Hmm. Nice. Nice. So, so, you know, we know that you, as you've been admitted, you're a bit of a serial racer and, and now that you've um, regained your health and you're all that. Um, I mean, doesn't all the travel and the racing, doesn't it wear you down? Yeah, it sure does. I mean, today um, we just canceled, Gail and I just canceled a race for this weekend. We're kind of hitting the wall right now, mm-hmm. the racing wall. And I really need to, my goal race is coming up. It's it's Harford Half Marathon um, 
October 10th. And I really want to put in a really good solid effort. So yeah, I'm actually, I think I'm, I'm, I think I've finally gotten it out of my system. Mm-hmm. You know, because, and, and, and by a serial racer, I mean, because, so the Hartford Marathon is one weekend away. So I mean, you were going to race, uh, what, what race were you going to do this weekend? We were going to do uh, Dorney Park uh, 10K. A 10K and then do a half. I mean, how many races do you typically do in, in a month or a year? Well, last year I did 50 races. And this year is probably going to be around another 50 races. In 2016, I'm done. That's I'm just done. It's it's a lot, and I. Do it. <laughs> yeah, but you still say you're from like a pack a day to nothing. Like, I mean, are you sure you can do that? Like seven packs to nothing. I mean, baby steps, baby, baby steps. I might okay. need some therapy, but yes, baby steps. <laughs> um. Well, so you are you're on a quest a quest to run 50 marathons in 50 states. Is that right? That is, you know, I, I put out that goal and the damn blogger blogging thing. I swear I write something down and then people hold me to it. Don't <laughs> <you>? <laughs> it's on the internet. I, it's true. You said it. <laughs> <laughs> I did. I did. Well, you know what? That's going to be a life goal. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's going to well, be a life goal. Plenty of time, my friend. I mean, how many, how many have you ticked off? I have 11 done. Okay. Well, that's okay. more than 20% of the way there. Yeah, I'm going to do it. It's going to be awesome. I'm totally going to do it. You know, and, and, you know, uh, running was just something I wanted to do and, and really running just saved my life. It did. It got me through some really hard times and and it kept my sanity and it kept me sane and, and it's led to a little bit of craziness. Mm -hmm. Um, but I really enjoy it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay, I know we've been going like back and forth between your running and your breast cancer, but now I have another question about that. I mean, did your doctors or your nurses ever say like you need to back off, Kimberly? Your body's trying to heal. Like, did they? Did anyone ever question your intensity towards racing and running during the hardest health points? So my chemotherapy, uh, my oncologist, my uh, medical oncologist, she looks like. Um, Edna from The Incredibles, you know, (laughs) she is a very powerful, intimidating woman. (laughs) And uh, she basically told me, well, no, she said, and I quote, I want you to run. Running is good for your body. It's good for you. You were a runner before, you know, you may not feel like running, but I want you to run through chemotherapy. If you have it will work and we'll develop a, a, a treatment plan around your races. Um, but I want you to run. Wow. And so when I went into the chemotherapy, um, the Friday before the New York city marathon on Sunday, I said, well, I just want to be Al Roker. Al Roker, <laughs> <laughs> Al Roker had done the New York city marathon, I believe in like seven hours. And I said, I just want to be Al Roker just seven hours. I don't care if I have to walk the whole thing. And she said, Al Roker didn't have chemotherapy the day before. Oh, so she, she di- didn't think it was possible. She didn't say neither here nor there, but she, she just wanted you to just run your own race, understand. right? Yeah. 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 yeah, to run my own race. And, you know, it, you may be able to do it. You may not. But you can if you want to. So then what was your New York City time? It was five hours and 28 minutes and 11 seconds. So you blew Al Roker out of the water. And Pamela Anderson. Yeah, I know. I know. We always <laughs> got to come back to Pamela Anderson. If we're talking boobs, we got to come back to Pamela Anderson, you know. So um, so back to your um, traveling and racing. So you have visited all but Two U.S. states, is that accurate right now? 
is. And and I have to ask, which two have you not yet set foot in? And did coming to our retreat in Little Rock, Arkansas, help you tick off another state? It did. <laughs> it did. I was so excited. I'm sure not a lot of people were excited that you had put the retreat in Arkansas, but let me just say I was overjoyed. <laughs> hey now, I'm, hey now, we, we love Little Rock, Arkansas and the entire state. So, you know, I, I'm planning a vacation with my family back there someday. So, Oh my uh, gosh. I love Little Rock. I love Arkansas as well. I cannot wait to run the Little Rock um, Marathon. Um, they, The people were outstanding. The Capitol Hotel was outstanding. Um, it was, and there's a national park. Well, there's a bunch of national parks, but mm-hmm. love Arkansas. Yeah. So, I wait, so when, when is when is the Little Rock Marathon? Oh, you, you don't have it on your list because you're no, not no, racing no. next year. Yeah, so another time. It. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Okay. Just yeah. making sure. Yeah. I might just have to check in with you on kind of a pretty regular basis next year. Be like, Kimberly, how's it going? Well, you know, we're not counting any of the dopies or the. Oh, stars oh yeah. Or- no, no, no. Those are the, yeah. Those are, those are like written in a different color ink, or it's like on Google Calendar. You know, we'll just unclick that box and it won't show up on the calendar. So um, yeah, you guys feel me now. Yeah, you got yeah. my got my you got my language. Right. So um. So and then so what are the two U.S. states you haven't visited? So North Dakota. Okay. And there's the Fargo Marathon, so that's on my list. Mm -hmm. And then Oregon. Oregon. Mm -hmm. Yep. Yep. Um, Yep. Wow, I can't believe that. Like that, you know, that's, um, it's not a remote state. I mean, from Connecticut, you know, it's a little ways away, but um, wow. So when you, I mean, Portland Marathon, it's this weekend. Hop on that plane. Come on, let's go. <laughs> well, hey, don't put it past me. Uh, right. I just canceled that race, so now I'm free, right? right now you got a free weekend, you know. <laughs> the, uh, you know, guest bed here in the bedroom where I'm recording, it's actually, you know, f- clear of uh, merchandise. So come on out. <laughs> <laughs> I would love to. That's crazy. I can't believe you haven't been here. I mean, you know, gosh, read the New York Times and it makes you feel like you have to go to Portland, you know, that very second, the way they talk about it. So, gosh, I am dying to go there. You have great national parks. You have a beautiful, um, you know, shoreline. I, I just don't understand why I haven't been there. I know. Neither do I. We got to rectify that situation. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so one thing we don't have though, is I don't believe we have any Frank Lloyd Wright structures here in Oregon. So that might've been what's keeping you from visiting because, um, when I was looking over your website, I was in love with the fact that you have a quest to visit all the Frank Lloyd Wright sites that are open to the public. Um, you know, I'm a history architecture buff myself. So, so I have to ask, you know, this is definitely a tangent. So what is it about Wright's structures that appeal to you so much? Well, you know, I grew up like looking at um, falling water. I guess my my grandparents had a subscription to National Geographic, and that was that was profiled. Oh. And so I, um, when I went to Chicago and everything, I had to go on the tour. And I've just, you know, I love how he incorporates it into nature and how it's incorporated into the surrounding of the land, and how it brings out, you know, brings nature from the outside in and. I love his control freak, um, <laughs> his control freak ways and how... I don't see any of that in you, Kimberly. <laughs> <laughs> I just, I just love it. I just, I just love being able to tour all these historic properties. I have a quest to, to visit as many historic sites and, and national parks and, and I have a deep love of history as well. So it's just, I just love seeing everything that there is to see, you know, running to stand still is my motto. 
Nice, nice, nice. So, and uh, so we suspect you don't like to play favorites, but if, if forced, what would you say is your favorite race ever and why? Huh. It's not, let's, let's leave Disney out of it just because uh, we know that Disney, like they are kind of a special sauce. They're a different category. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. My favorite race ever. And I love why? that this is the question that's stumping you. Yeah, yeah. Let me look at my little... Like, and it could be the course itself, it could be the setting, it could be an experience you had, you know. You know, I'm, I'm going to have to go with, I'm going to have to go with New York. Mm. Yeah, it's a tough toss up between Flying Pig or New York. Mm. And it's because of the course support. Mm. Yeah, I mean, there's nothing that turning on New York, um, the first First Avenue, yeah. I believe it is. The screaming and the shouting and the, the support of calling out your names and, and you've got it, Kimberly, go get it. I mean, there is nothing like the New York City Marathon. Oh, well, I haven't done Boston. I have done Chicago, but, you know, I've done New York twice and, and it, it was the same experience both times. Mm-hmm. It's outstanding. Yeah. Awesome. Uh, um, one of our AMR team members, uh, Jana, is running New York City this year. And she and I ran together last week in Spokane. And so, and I ran New York when it was a slightly smaller race in 1999. And I was telling her, I was like, oh, you know, there's, you come up the 59th Street Bridge, which to a lot of people seems like a hill. And, and then you just go down slightly and onto First Avenue. And it is just a wall, just a wall of humanity and people cheering for you. It is. It is outstanding. It, there is nothing like that turn. And then it's just a mile of just pure excitement. And it regenerizes you for the rest of the race. Mm-hmm. It really totally. does. It's out. It's outstanding. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Well, um, good luck in the Hartford Half Marathon. Uh, that's going to be very exciting. You'll get to see Dimity there. So I yep. know. Oh, there. And I'm... And thank you so much for sharing your story and being so candid and, and your attitude about it, because I think, you know, if anyone's going through it right now, it's it's obviously a really tough time and, and kind of trying to put the put the perspective in the right way is, is helpful. And, and you definitely did that. So thank you. Yeah. Oh, you're so welcome. I encourage everyone if they have a family history of breast cancer or ovarian cancer to do get checked for um, uh, gene um because, you know, it, it does open up enhanced screening on, uh, for you and um, you don't know what you don't know. And, and there's a lot of resources out there to help you make the right decision. Great. Great. Thanks so much, Kimberly. Oh, you're so welcome. Thank you for having me. Take care. Bye-bye. Bye. So before we go to our challenge corner, I just wanted to just comment. It's funny how much power celebrity has because when she mentioned Angelina Jolie and her, you know, um, decision to have that procedure, and I can't remember the exact name. Bilateral mastectomy, yeah. But there was something like prophylactic. Prophylactic bilateral mastectomy, yeah. Yes, that. Um, You know, and that kind of opened up the door. Mm -hmm. I mean, not necessarily to, to Kimberly doing it, but, you know all of a sudden it feels legit. Right. And that's mm-hmm. to say, I remember very much. Um, it was right when we were writing run like a mother and Brooke Shields came out with her postpartum depression. And mm-hmm. I was like, 
oh, wow, if she can do that, then, then, okay. You know, like then I can talk about it too. And I don't know, there's just, it's, it's kind of crazy that it takes someone, you know, Mm -hmm. like a a movie star to tell you that it's okay to feel what you're doing or do what you need to do or whatever. But I mean, it makes me realize how important it is for people to do that and be transparent about it. Yeah. And I think also it, it, it's, it is their admission to it, but also then it's the public support and dialogue around that. And mm-hmm. so that, you know, it's um, becomes something that you talk about with your neighbors or at the water cooler or, you know, by the soccer sidelines or something. And so then um, hearing a lot of people talk about it, it's like, oh, you know, I'm not the only one. I remember when I was, it's different, obviously, but when I was going through my divorce, I remember thinking I was the only person in their late 20s going through a divorce. And then, you know, it's just like, once somebody starts talking about it, it's like, oh, yeah, yeah, sure. Look, you know, I I had that, I had that. And so um, I just think, yeah, having that spotlight makes you realize that that you're not alone in the situation that you're in. Oh, I thought you were going to pull out like Lisa Kudrow or someone like that also got divorced in their 20s. Oh, and all no, I was, like, trying, oh. I was trying to think. I mean, I'm sure there's, you know, a dime a dozen oh, celebrities. Well, yeah. Because they're married for what, like an average of six weeks. But... Right, right. Oh, total bitch. Okay, yeah. moving on. Um, So the challenge corner this week. What do we what do we have, Sarah? We have this comes from Alex T, who is in the run race half marathon challenge. And it's a long one. But, um, you know, like the conversation we had with Kimberly, it's in it. It's an important message, a different message, but an important one. And um, it's long. So I, I say let's um, chunk it up like we like to do with races, Timothy. And, All right. Um, Want to start or me? Um, you start. Okay. Um, insert race report here is what this should have read. Unfortunately, sometimes shit happens and you have to adapt. This will be a bit lengthy. Sorry. I made the difficult decision yesterday not to run the North Face Trail half I've been training for all summer. I believe it was the right decision for me at this time. I feel I'm, I am feeling a lot of emotions right now as I know I would be running on the beautiful trails of Park City right this minute had I gone. But regret is not one of those emotions. A little over a month ago, I started feeling out of sorts, drained, no energy, lackluster, and emotionally a bit wonky. I thought I was getting sick. I've been under quite a bit of stress with work and family things, husband changing jobs, problems at school with my son. Running has been my de-stressor, but I also think physically everything wore me down. To be honest, I have been back and forth all month about whether it would be better to skip this half and maybe shoot for something a bit later this fall. My head and heart just haven't been in it all month due to everything else going on. Also, as a side note, about a year ago, I was feeling similarly and developed what doctors labeled as an autoimmune disorder, which has plagued me for almost a year now and flares up when I get sick or stressed. But I kept the half in my sights and was thankful for the support and encouragement I've had from the Bammer community. Honestly, having to sit down and tell all of you that I didn't run my goal race was one of the toughest parts about making this decision. Although I had a better week, during the last two weeks of taper, things started to fall off again. Friday, I went for a short hike with a friend, and on the way back, I got a call from the school. My kid was in trouble again. It felt like the proverbial straw, and mentally, I just wasn't in it anymore. I felt like I could run, like I needed to run, but one of the last things I wanted to do was race and be among a bunch of people. I also couldn't see being gone for most of Sunday when we as a family really needed to sit down and figure some things out. I talked things over with my BRF, who lives in a different state. I thought about all the things running is for me. My sense of freedom, my sense of sanity and serenity, a place where I can just be. This half half represented none of these things to me. It was just one more stressor. I came to the conclusion that this was just not the thing for me this weekend. 
After I made the decision last night, I called on my BRF here and she agreed to meet me this morning for an easy run down the canyon. That is what I needed. So am I quitting my find your strong challenge? Heck no. I'm just opting for plan B. There's a 25k in October and a half in November. I'll see how the next couple of weeks go and then decide which to aim for. That is awesome, Alex, in so many respects. And I, the best part was that she knew that she needed to run, but she didn't want to be around people, you Mm -hmm. know, and that's then that, you know, you have to want to be in a race, (laughs) you know, Mm -hmm. or at least have some part of it that's interesting to you. And when there's so many other stresses going on in your life, sometimes it's just like, what am I doing here? You Mm -hmm. know, like I'm not in it. My heart isn't in it. My head isn't in it. And it's, I mean, that's almost worse, right? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And to me, the, the part that really resonated was that she thought about what running meant to her. And that that race summed up none of those things for her. Yeah, yeah, that's, yeah, that's exactly. Yeah, yeah. So, so our song for this, it's a brand new song that I think might have to become a mother runner anthem. And it's called Runnin', Losin' It All by Naughty Boy, but it has Beyonce and Arrow Benjamin on it. And I love the lines in the refrain, ain't running from myself no more. I'm ready to face it all. If I lose myself, I lose it all. Right. It is a new month and we are going to be in a few different places, Tim. And on October 23rd and 24th, people have two opportunities to see us. Uh, you're going to be at Zuma Colorado Springs at the famous Broadmoor. I'm envious of you getting to stay there for that race. It's going to be gorgeous. Exactly. Well, I don't know if I'll be there. I mean, I might never make it out of my room, but I'll, I'll be there. But will I be there? I don't know. Yeah, right. Might, might to see. Do you travel under a you know, pseudonym or can people just be like, yeah, and I want to talk to Dimity in you know, room 2012. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and um, I am getting to stay here in the lovely state of Oregon. I'll be at Happy Girls Sisters which is out um, in the high desert. So uh, get your mar- half marathon on and stop by and see us. Um, uh, on our books, I want to note that we just added the trilogy of our books, Run Like Mother, Train Like Mother, and Tales from Another Mother Runner. You can get all three of them in our online store, which is motherrunnerstore.com. So get all three in one fell swoop and binge read. And I have to tell you, Dim, that I had been intending to do that for a couple weeks now. And it was an email from a woman named Lisa, who has been a longtime listener of the podcast. And but she always felt like a little bit of an imposter because she isn't a mother. And now she's pregnant. She's like, oh, I need all three of your books. Can you sell them in your website on your store? And I'm like, you read my mind. <laughs> awesome. Awesome. And they're signed, too. We should say they're not just, you know. Because you can also get them at, you know, maybe some other stores. I don't know. But <laughs> no, you can't have them signed, mm-hmm. all three of them signed with different messages yes. in each book. Exactly. Definitely d- different messages in each book, please. Yes. And then uh, you, when you were here in August, you signed a bunch of copies. We were running low on those. But get them while they last with the elusive Dimity <laughs> signature in them. Or, or bring your books to the races and see us. So um, so lots of ways to get our books and to connect with us. And um, there's also our Facebook page, Run Like a Mother of the Book. We'd appreciate it if you would like. Like, it, like that page. So um, wherever you are running this month, many happy miles to you. 
So I'm talking to Megan Stillerman of the app Rock My Run. You're the VP of Growth. So Megan, how would you describe Rock? The, sorry, already I've screwed up. Alrighty, this no, it won't take that long. I'll start from the beginning now. I'm talking with Megan Stillerman, the VP of Growth of the app Rock My Run. So Megan, how would you describe the Rock My Run app to women runners who have never heard of it before? Yeah, um, so super excited to be here. Um, you know, Rock My Run, it's a it's a free app for iPhone and Android, and we provide an awesome motivational experience for people that are, are getting fit or looking to stay fit, and we do that through music. Uh, the app offers thousands of specially curated workout mixes that are put together by the world's best DJs to be very motivational, high energy. And then we actually uh, are able to adapt that music uh, in real time so that you can experience music that matches your steps. It can change its tempo uh, as your heart rate changes. So just very, very cool um, way of, of using music to help you stay happy when you're running. Nice, nice. And we all like that. You know, our our, yes. our closing line is many happy miles. So Rock My Run can help help people do that. So for a gift of a Rock My Run mix created in collaboration with another mother runner, download the free Rock My Run app, set up a free account, and enter the code STRONG. And that's all uppercase letters, S-T-R-O-N-G. Thanks, Megan. Thank you. Okay, great. Great. Um, all right, so I'll, I'll just keep introducing you. <laughs> and, and, uh, we can we can pro- you probably don't need to um to say thanks for having me on or anything. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah, so. yeah, yeah. I know. I I sense that you would might think that would sound rude, but just feel free to just launch into the. Yeah, sound better. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, we'll do. Yeah. So I'm here having a little chat with Megan Stillerman, the VP of Growth of the app Rock My Run. So Megan, you are a first-time mom of a toddler. How has running changed since becoming a mother runner? Oh, it's changed quite a bit. Uh, beyond just the fact that it involves pushing a very heavy weight um, up and down hills in the form of a bob stroller with a child in it. Um, you know, for me, I think the biggest change was just the the motivation and the time and energy to get out the door in the first place. Um, you know, all of a sudden, I had a whole a whole new set of responsibilities that I had to take care of. I was tired, way more tired than I'd ever been in my life. Oh, I don't uh, know what I don't know what you're I'm, talking about. <laughs> I'm sure nobody knows what I'm talking about there. <laughs> yeah, and and so running, I, I never had any trouble fitting running into my life before, whether it was at, you know, 5:30 in the morning or 7 o'clock at night. And I think the biggest change for me was was realizing that it wasn't always on my schedule or my terms and that I had to learn how to, you know, get motivated at times to get out there and do something really positive for myself during a time of day that I otherwise might not have have wanted to do that. Right. You got to seize the opportunity. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So for a gift of a Rock My Run mix created in collaboration with another mother runner, download the free Rock My Run app. Set up a free account and enter code STRONG. All uppercase letters, S-T-R-O-N-G. Thanks so much, Megan. Thank you. I feel like we're like in a a radio booth and it's like, okay, let's do that Ritz cracker ad one more time. (laughs) (laughs) It feels 
all organic when we're talking, and then when I have to delicious dish, right? At the the end, I'm like, oh, I have to say thank you, even though I'm just gonna keep talking to her. Um, So, um, alrighty, Um, and we're doing five of these, just so you know, Um, just so that we can have have our pick and choose. I'm here with Megan Stillerman of the app Rock My Run. She's the VP of Growth. So I have to tell you, Megan, in my next incarnation, I want to be a professional DJ who makes Rock My Run mixes. Share the insight with people about how these folks work their musical magic. Well, I think in my next incarnation, I want to be a professional DJ. <laughs> we can work together. <laughs> yeah, the Rock My Run, we have a really unique approach with our DJs to mixing these um, these segments. So how it works is uh, we have a, a whole team of, of DJs that work specifically for us. And then we also work with other DJs like David Guetta, um, Cash Cash Dead, and, and those guys um, – Everyone, oh, you guys, can I start over? Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> and I'm super impressed you have David Guetta, so. Yeah. yeah. He's awesome. <laughs> okay, so should I just start? Yeah, so or... you can just start, yeah, and he'll just, yeah. Yeah, so um, the way that it works on Rock My Run is all of our DJs follow a really specific uh, protocol, for lack of a better word, to create the mixes. And um, what I mean by that is they're all specially designed so that the songs you hear at the beginning of a mix are very you know, enthusiastic, power songs. The songs you'll hear in the middle are songs that you can really sing along to, kind of keep you going during those hard points. And then we end all of the mixes with, um, you know, this motivational, emotional high. And so every one of our DJs, uh, whether they be a DJ that works really just with Rock My Run or whether they be some larger names, people like David Guetta or Zed, um, they're all really following this, this path of the mixing of the songs so that when it gets to someone who's listening, it's always a motivational experience. It's always really entertaining and fun. And, you know, at the end of the day, um, the list of songs that you need to listen to when you're you know, sitting on your back porch is so different than the mix of songs that you need to be listening to when you're exercising. And um, we get that. Um, we're all runners ourselves. And, and so we, we are always creating things that we want to listen to ourselves. Awesome. Awesome. So for a gift of two Rock My Run mixes, they were created in collaboration with another mother runner. Download the free Rock My Run app, set up a free account, and enter code BAMR. That's all uppercase letters, B-A-M-R. Stands for badass mother runner. So thanks, Megan. Thank you. Um, okay. And then, um, oh, I don't know. Um, so I definitely I would think that so the next question is about the my beat, um, okay. and then um, and then I'll tell you. So um, I'm here with Megan Stillerman, the VP of Growth with the free app Rock My Run. So Megan, describe what my beat for mock. <laughs> this is going to be a tongue twister. Um, so Megan, describe what my beat from Rock My Run does to the music in the mixes. Certainly. My beat is something that uh, Mark Mayan invented, and what we do is we take the data 
and that's coming off of your smartphone. So, you know, any iPhone, any Android device has a little accelerometer built into it that's tracking your steps. And um, MyBeat takes that information and it applies it to the music. So every music uh, mix is at a specific tempo. And what we did is build some technology that matches the tempo of the music you're listening to, to your steps per minute as it's being reported by that accelerometer. And so as you're going through the course of your run or your walk, the music is adjusting just a little bit so that every time your foot hits the ground, it's to the beat of the music. And this is just an, an awesome experience. Um, Sarah, I don't know if you've ever uh, used it, but it's, it's yeah. super cool. It, it's, it's, just... a, it's amazing. Yeah, yeah. It's just like, how does it, how does it do that? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, no, it's, and it's great. You really don't even sometimes realize that it's happening. Um, You just suddenly realize that, you know, you just get this boost of energy and and you feel like the whole world is sinking all around you. Right. Um, Yeah. And and then on, on iPhone specifically, we're also able to adjust the music according to your heart rate, if you're wearing a heart rate monitor. And the nice thing about that is, um, you know, if, if the mix that you want to be listening to uh, is at a, a way different tempo than what your steps are, or if you know you're you're on an elliptical machine and and you're tracking your health in a different way, uh, the music can just sort of kick up its energy level, its intensity um, as you get towards those you know upper heart rate zones, and then it'll back off if you get too high just to to dial you back a little bit. So you know, super cool experience. It's called um, My Beat Body Driven Music, um, and and that's what it is. It's it's your body kind of being the DJ. Oh, that's so cool. For a gift of a Rock My Run mix, so you can see what my beat is all about, download the free Rock My Run app, set up a free account, and enter code STRONG. That's all uppercase letters, S-T-R-O-N-G. Thanks, Megan. Thanks. And then this last one, I, I'll tell you what the question is before, so that if you th- <laughs> can't think of an answer, we don't have to do it. Um, it's, uh, what do you like about the the mother runner mixes that we've collaborated on. Gotcha. Yeah. So, um, I do know what I like about those mixes. <laughs> oh, good. Good. Cause they're mine. Oh, well, by and large, the, the, <laughs> I'll admit that, uh, the, like, you know, the, the Indigo girls, I was like Dimity. I'm like, okay, fine. We'll have to put it in. And I... it's like, and I'm like, just let me do them. Just let me do them. <laughs> Well, Sarah, you have awesome musical taste because so we've gotten your, we get your mix oh, suggestions. Oh, stop, stop. No, keep talking, keep so, talking. So we get your mix suggestions and Mark, our VP of content, will be like, who is this woman? She's picking these like B tracks from super popular artists. And if these songs end up going big, you know, we're going to have these mixes that have like the next big songs on them. And so then you did that for Limitless. And then all of the sudden, all of those songs became big on the radio. And Oh my god! Oh yeah! Stop! Stop! You got it! You have no idea how many many times I'll replay that and be like, "Yeah, I might be a forty-something mother runner, but I can spot the next big thing." You you are on the cusp of of the music trend, my friend. Oh my goodness! Oh my goodness! All right, so this will be the last one. So. I am chatting with Megan Stillerman, the VP of Growth of Rock My Run. Megan, what do you like about the Mother Runner mixes that we've collaborated on? So the Mother Runner mixes, for me, because I'm a mother runner myself, Mm -hmm. it feels like it was my friend picking out songs specifically for my run. It's as if 
you guys knew when I was going to be having low points and you found a way to just find a song that was going to make me so happy and keep me going up that hill. So you've got this mix of things I've you know known forever, this mix of songs I've maybe never heard of before, and they're just all so fun and they just keep you so motivated and so high and they're long, right? They're mm-hmm. an hour and a half. And so you really just don't have to worry about where the music's coming from because you guys took care of all of that for us. So they're just, they're just awesome. I love them. I gotta say, I love them too. Even though we <laughs> created them, I love them too. <laughs> we'll give ourselves a pat on the back, right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so for a gift of two Rock My Run mixes created in collaboration with another mother runner, download the free Rock My Run app, set up a free account, and enter code BAMMER. All uppercase letters, B-A-M-R, which stands for Badass Mother Runner, which... Megan, you know, you're one. I'm one too. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, rock on. <laughs> perfect. Perfect, perfect. I can't wait for these to run. Oh, my oh gosh. I'm so excited. This is great. Yeah, this was really awesome. Awesome, awesome. So thank you so much for doing this, Megan. Oh, it's my pleasure. And okay. we'll get, you know, we'll get with John and we'll do, you know, we'll get another one of these in the works because they're, they're just so awesome. They do so well and everybody loves them. Oh, good, good, good. So yeah, so the, and these promos will start, um, the first one will run on, um, October 10th. Okay. So we'll just, we'll just have to wait a little while. So I love yeah, it. Yeah. All righty. Okay. You take care, Megan. Thanks so much. Hey, have a great day. Thanks guys. You too. Bye-bye. Okay. Bye.